Welcome back to the Off The Tips podcast. If you're reading the title, you'll realize this is a little bit of a different pod. We're bringing back the course Nuffy series that we've been a little bit slack with. And this one's probably one for the travelers, one for the golf sickos that are about tradition. And to break it down, well, with me, I'm going to probably take a bit of a back seat because I was, I was just living this trip through images and videos is AC and Monty boys welcome and I'm sure you're looking forward to breaking down your golf trip hey Cal yep so pumped for this one um excited to reminisce we had a great trip Monty how are you going mate yeah good mate it's uh it's good to be here it's uh six months have passed but um yeah pretty pumped to <clears throat> rip in and try and form inform the listers about you know how epic, epic island golf is. Well, boys, we'll cut the small chat there and just, Monty, can you talk to me about why Ireland and, and not, you know, maybe somewhere else? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. Um, I think most people think of UK golf and think, you know, imminently to, to Scotland. You know, whereas for us... Uh, Probably one of the core attractions of, of doing an island golf trip is um, it doesn't quite have the same depth of of golf as, as say, a Scotland or a US or even England does for that matter. So, you know, we, we diligently did quite a bit of research. I think for us, no laying up the tourist source um, series and Tom Coyne, um, Who's a professor stroke golf writer did a did a book where he walked Ireland and uh, played every single golf uh, links course in Ireland with his carry bag on his back and, and walked to each course. So you know, those two sources sort of born the idea, and you know, AC and I sort of ran with it without too much thought. And you know as we went through the process, it was yeah, it's logistically it's quite easy from any you know, as a first golf trip was, was quite easy. Um, you know, there's only a finite list of course that, courses that you want to play as opposed to something like a Scotland where you can sort of break it up into probably five or six regions and sort of go down numerous rabbit holes. So we, we carved out a list through, you know, quite extensive research and, and, and just went for it really, hired a car and basically drove a, a loop of Ireland. And this is the Republic of Ireland only, not um, Northern Ireland. Yeah, I see. Do you have any kind of other points to add on that about why Ireland golf is important to you or was important for you to see? I think to all Monty's points, he's he's covered it all really. The The main thing was, yeah, watching that No Laying Up series uh, just looked like a heck of a time. And then, as Monty alluded to, it's just the fact that you don't really have to worry about missing anything. You can you can kind of cover all the courses you want to while you're there. Whereas Scotland, you've got a lot more decisions to make. And so for like, given the circumstances, we I think it was a lot easier logistically to go to Ireland and 
man, their golf courses are good, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, and I think as a as a duo, as a first time traveler, like proper overseas golf trip, uh, it was quite um, it was quite easy from our from our part. It's just it's easy to tick them off, and and I think the the extravagance is probably a, a word that we might use uh, on a number of occasions through this this podcast uh, is. It's something to behold, really, of these golf courses. Like, uh, you know, the the views, the extravagance of the the style of golf, the shape of the golf holes, of what you're playing in between. And I'm, you know, specifically alluding to the dunes here. It's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty for a layman like myself. It's hard to. I don't have a vocabulary good enough to sort of put into into words but it's you know so so unique and you, you know whilst we get exposure to Lynx golf through the, the the open championship every year i think ireland is distinctly different to what we would typically see on on an open course you know which is typically obviously seaside but big pot bunkering firm and fast um whereas ireland was it didn't quite have the same extent of, of pot bunkering. It still had it. Um, and, you know, what it lacked in, in pot bunkering made up for and, you know, just this, the dunes and the scale of these courses, like, carved out of, uh, you know, made with made with shovels primarily back in the day. And hence they didn't have the power to move big dunes. So you put golf holes in between them, which was pretty chaotic and, and fun. Yeah, I th- I think the big thing is as well, Ireland style was that the fairways are pretty tight compared to a traditional links course. So they don't they don't need pot bunkers. They've just got basically knee deep rough off the other side of the fairway, and which the boys really struggled with. It was particularly penal. Uh, basically, every golf course, Monty and I just couldn't keep big numbers off the scorecard. It was. It was great though. It was, they were all tough walks as well. Is another thing I'll add. I, I, we were always pretty knackered after a day. We'd we'd know we'd earn beer. Yeah, well, boys, I'm really keen to hear about these golf courses. But before we kind of rip into that, do you want to just run me and the listeners through what you did and and how you went about it? You know, your time frame and and your movements. I'll start with you, AC. Maybe you can kick off. Yeah, so what we did is we were there for two weeks and played 12 golf courses. Uh, so what, what we did is we started in Dublin and played played a kind of ad hoc round at a course called Corbalis, played at the island, and then drove up to Sligo, uh, where we played Ennis Crone, County Sligo, and Khan. And then we kind of went south and down to La Hinch, and then we played at Bally Bunyan. We went to Tralee, Waterville, and then Dukes to finish. We played a couple of nine-holers along the way, and obviously there was a few rest days in between, but that's very high level of what we did. I don't think I've missed any golf course out there, Monty. Uh, so that's that's the basis of our trip. So we basically did. We went to the top of Ireland, real, basically, and then came down. We we covered a fair. It was a fair trip. We covered a, a decent whack of Ireland um, during our time there. 
Yeah, I think we drove twelve hundred kilometers or something over over fourteen days. A couple of rest days, um, one thirty six all day, and yeah, so it was quite nice. I think you know one thing people should be cognizant of when planning a trip, and probably more so to Ireland than anywhere else, is um, because you don't have to be so hectic in your schedule. Don't be afraid to. You know, plan plan a couple of rest days in there. I know most eager beaver, you know, golfers just want to get out there and, and play every day. But you know, we quite enjoyed and found it quite advantageous just having a couple of days here and there, one in Dublin, a couple in in Galway, um, where you can just put the feet up because you know, they are uh, they are big walks. Um, the pubs are are. Um, pretty epic so you know you don't want to you don't want to taint your experience at something like a belly bunion by having too many sherbets the night before so if you can budget in a, a couple of nights out um i think that would be would be uh <laughs> would be good we, we 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 found quite a good mix but there was one establishment which we'll allude to later where we we wish we could have tucked into a few more yeah is there anything in particular you guys got up to in those rest days that you'd recommend to people going, or was it strictly that a rest day and you kind of didn't get out and do anything else because you're busy walking holes? We, we just sort of roamed, didn't we, Monty? There was nothing in particular, I recall, other than the, the Guinness factory. Uh, that's that's a good experience. It was a good touristy thing to do. Um heck of a business that I, but mm. they apart from that i can't recall us doing too much went to the cliffs and more they're a bit of a um they're a bit overrated <laughs> and apart from that i can't recall much more we did fuck that's my alarm uh monty anything else i i can't remember no i would reckon we, we we covered quite a few bases in dublin which i recommend um including the guinness factory um but i just think when you're Playing that much golf and doing quite a bit of driving, um, you know, you need that time off because even sickos like us, you can get a little bit bored of, well, not bored of the golf, but, you know, it just you want it to remain fresh and unique. And I think one other thing I'd just tie into Ireland generally before we get specific into the courses is, you know, I wouldn't get your hopes up about the weather. Like we, we had a okay run. Um, like and just talking to the locals who we played with and, and others whilst we were there um, yeah that's just one other factor to be mindful of and that you're like you're highly unlikely to get 14 days of, of good weather on an island golf trip like you could easily get 8 to 10 but I can't recall a, a round of golf where I didn't play with at least a jersey or long pants um, and that just sort of adds to the AC's comment earlier about you know, attitude. Attitude's a premium playing island golf courses. You know, your you, you big numbers around the corner, whether it's from your own doing or uh, a big gale or something. Yeah, I think generally the one thing I took away was you've got to have a good attitude, otherwise you'll have a shit time because the weather is often pretty grueling. Uh, the scores are never great, so you've just got to just soak it up while you're there. I kind of started sort of thinking, okay, I'll, I want to play 12, 13 good holes. And I think it's a better way to 
to think of your round rather than your total score because Monty and I were never really near our handicaps. It was uh, neither of us bleak. playing off what fours and fives or something. Neither of us broke eighty around yeah. Ireland. I don't think. No, um, not even, I don't think any it, were close. No, no. I think my best was maybe like an eighty-two, with probably a birdie on the last or something. Um, and the other thing I'd say is uh, Ireland golf course, like any UK golf course, is rugged by nature. You know, I alluded to it in the dunes. So, you know, your expectation should be around, like, the wow factor of the, the shots that you're playing, the creativity required around the greens. Like, it's it's so, so different to what we have at home. And you're not going to get, like, a, a Cape Kidnappers or a Cowrie Cliffs type uh, conditioning every round you play like you will at the top courses but you know there's just so much rugged beauty out there you know Khan's probably a prime example but yeah it just sort of adds to the the whole uh you know wholesome experience you know it's proper golf right not this glorified resort american golf was there any kind of additions to the bag that were important around Ireland on I'd say what the obvious one would be an iron you can hit off the tee, but were what sort of shots were you guys playing that you maybe wouldn't play in New Zealand? It's a good question. I, I, you really, you quickly find out whether you can keep the ball out of the wind, and I can't. Uh, the top of the bag setup's really a lot more important. I feel I, you need a lot of options off the tee. You, it sounds simple, but you need a good setup with your driving iron. You need something that you can put in the fairway and, and try keep low out of the wind. Uh, I bought a driving iron just before I went, and if I didn't have it, I would have been seriously screwed. Uh, it was a big player for me. So it's it's just a – it got to the point as well where you'd be playing into the wind and you'd be a chance of getting to the green with like a three-wood and you'd – the, the risk just was too much as well, so you'd have to kind of lay up and yeah, it was it was such a an eye opening experience experience for me. And I've played a lot of golf, but it was just a different gravy. Yeah, I think you need to be able to have the ability to put your your ego to one side. Like, just hit a five iron from one hundred and ten or something. You know, like the the shot that. Rather than forcing one into the wind, and I know it's 101 stuff, but it was really around home in, in Ireland. But just that half-swing iron shot is, is huge. They're both off the tee and then also, um, you know, heading into greens. Like, accept that on some some holes into the wind, that bogey's a good score. Um, and, and also, the probably didn't get as quite as many runoffs as I was expecting, but there's still enough that, like, that seven iron chip into the hill, or even up up to a green, is 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 very handy. Like I know, I think most golfers would would acknowledge that they don't use it as much as they should, um, because it's a low risk option. But um, you know, it can really limit the damage and help make some up and downs from tricky tricky spots uh, around Ireland, um, and just taking medicine out of the rough. <laughs> The other thing that was really tricky with the rough is you'd be on dunes, right? So the ball would be below your feet or well above it. 
and it just made it even more difficult, especially when it's seriously thick. Um, yeah. That was what we really struggled with. I felt uh, the rough was bad, but just not having a flat lie. Yeah, and um, reflecting on it when we were at the Open at Liverpool, you, you, you can't ride the wind. Like if you've got a left to rider, trying to hold fairways or hold greens, hitting a fade. Um... Boys, there was some interesting intel on, on shot shaping and uh, club usage. You know, I'm, I'm sick with that sort of stuff. But I think the punters are ready to get into chatting about some golf courses. AC, kick us off, mate. Where did the big grand... We had a bit of an afternoon to kill. We, we had no plans of golf and... Monty and I thought, okay, let's have a little look around and let's just find it. We we had a bit of a niche to scratch. We were keen to get out there and just play a pretty casual afternoon round. And we landed on Corbalis, um, which was a great start to our Irish golf experience. They had this unbelievable front nine uh, that had some dramatic holes, uh, a lot of up and down, um, some some pretty interesting dunes that you play between. And then... The back nine, they shouldn't have bothered with. <laughs> the back nine was bleak. But it was a great, it was cheap. It was an awesome start. I remember thinking, holy shit, I'm in some strife here because I couldn't keep it on the planet that day. And I, I honestly remember being so concerned about like how I was going to go on all these nice courses. I, was, I, like, I wouldn't have verbalized it that much, but I was genuinely like, oh, this could be such a tough trip. Yeah, but yeah, it was a it was a great time. It's a it's a fantastic curtain raiser for everything. You know, we flew in over Dublin and we saw all these golf courses. And was like, fuck, we we gotta we gotta get out. We gotta get out. Um, it's probably twenty minutes out of Dublin on car, maybe thirty. Good way to uh, practice the Irish driving, and then uh, you know, good way a great curtain raiser the front nine, like very. Uh, very similar to what we what we faced in the in the days following. Um, you know, I'd, I'd highly recommend if, if if people have you know a, a spare couple of hours in their evening when they're in Dublin or half a day to kill to at least just go out and and play the front nine. Just your classic classic country golf course, tiny little clubhouse, um, just epic epic golf holes. June, you know, you, I think we got, uh, we, we had a couple of shockers with directions, thinking the hole was one way and we played it that way and turned out we just had it in some absolute bunda, but it's, uh, it's part of the experience. You talk about it having an epic front nine. What stood out on the front nine that, you know, was was left out of the, the design maps on the back? Just the land they had to work with would be the thing, right? Uh, a lot of quirky holes. You're kind of hitting off little plateaus down to greens, hitting up to greens. Um, you're kind of between the dunes. And then the back nine, you kind of come out of the dunes and it's just, it looks like it's just been added on to try and make 18 holes is the way I'd describe it. I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but it's yeah, the impression I got. And the front nine, you're playing in some like, genuine valleys of June, of dunes like you're playing as if the fairway was meant to be there and that's the, the path you've got to take which obviously we didn't take but um you, you know it's uh yeah it's lots of sort of tabletoppy type greens 
some pretty short. If you if you look at the card, it was pretty short from memory, but uh, it requires all sorts of shots. Um, epic, epic, epic starter. Then we can probably leave Corbalis there. Um, like I said, would recommend that um, for nine holes if people have got time. We then headed. We stayed in Dublin for a few nights. So the day following was. Um, we played the Island Golf Club, um, which, along with Port, Narma, Port Marnock, would be regarded as sort of uh, the top top two or three golf courses in, in Dublin and is ranked in the top ten in in Ireland. Um, we it was quite different in a weird way to what we had through the rest of the trip. So we. We had a very firm and fast day at, at the island, um, which wasn't necessarily indicative of the rest of the trip. Like whilst it was still firm in summer, this, this day was something else. And I think it'll hang with me probably for you know the rest of my life. Like some of the shots we had to hit, like very, very narrow fairways on, on some instances. You had numerous crosswinds. And we just, to be, to be, uh, to be honest, just weren't up to it. Like, we just you couldn't hold the fairways because it was so firm. And if you started spinning a ball left to right with a left or right breeze, you you just have no chance of holding these fairways. Like, and, and equally, hitting into greens downwind was like nigh on impossible. Like, you're hitting wedges and you're having to land them like thirty meters short of the green to then like hope that you've predicted the run out and the bounce accurately enough to then, you know, try hold the green or get or get close to the hole. It was it was in great condition. It was a great condition golf course. Um you, you know, a, a, a lot of fun. Like and that was probably the the very early reminder where you need to learn how to fade you know, fade or draw the ball against the wind. And it was notably tight compared to the other layouts we played. And then you add the wind and the firmness and the fairways playing half the size of that. And so it was just extremely difficult. The other thing about it, the, the way I describe the fairways, like if you were to pitch a ball onto a cricket pitch, it was, mm. it was so firm. Uh, and I just distinctly remember just hitting a few wedges downwind and you just, you actually have no idea what to say. You, are, you don't know whether to say go, sit, and normally you, you have an idea, but it was just a different different gravy. And one hole that stand out to me, I think it was the narrowest fairway in Ireland. I think it was 13 uh, or 14 maybe. And there's this part of four where you start swinging back alongside this inlet by the harbour there. And, you know, that that that's pretty fun to, to, to like, experience a hole like that. And... Um, yeah, it was, uh, and the, the par three before that was like really epic. Some, some really cool holes, like, and the, the people there, it'll be something we say throughout this whole pod, but, um, the guy who, who greeted us, uh, and sort of had yarns with us on the first tee is, it was almost as though he was employed by the club just to be a legend and just chat to the visitors and just. Be an, be an epic guy really and um, that was something we didn't quite get the other 
big boy courses uh, in this realm. So it had this, you know, whilst it's ranked quite well and, you know, we'd, we'd, hold, we'd rank it pretty highly ourselves, it had this quite, uh, you know, a, a different feeling about the about the place. Like all, all island golf courses, I like, had a, a lack of snobbiness like you may expect at these grand golf courses. So that was a cool thing of the whole trip. But uh, the island sort of stand, stood out slightly above the rest in that respect, which is always nice on your first proper round. Yeah, you talk you talk about this being your first big boy golf course of the trip and I'll kinda ask a question regarding to kind of all of the golf courses. When you're going there and you're, you know, obviously hanging around pro shop bars, did you collect any kind of souvenirs from these golf courses? Yeah, I've got ball marker from every one. Uh a little I've got my waterfall hat on too, but that apart yeah, just Ball markers for me. I do it back home as well with the golf courses, and that's that's what I collect. Monty, you're similar, I think. Yeah, yeah, similar. And um, some courses gave us um, yardage books, which which is always quite a cool keepsake. Um, but you know, as you can imagine, the pro shops are uh, on the expensive side, so you know, all depends on one's on one's budget. In an ideal world, you're buying a polo at each place, but us young professionals can't quite cop that. So, so boys, your, your day at the island wraps up. Uh, how have you en- enjoyed your day and what's next? It was a heck of a day. Uh, and then we had the afternoon free, I believe, and we went to the pub. Well, not the pub, several pubs. Uh, Temple Bar while you're in Dublin. The the Irish don't like Temple Bar because it's so touristy, but as a tourist, it's a heck of a time. The the drinks will sting you, but uh, it's a it's a great spot to tie one on. Yeah, we that was that'll go down as as one of the greats. Like the live music, um, and yeah, it's just incredible scenes. Eh? Incredible scenes. Yeah, my experience with Temple Bar is very. Very similar. It was it was a bit loud and and ruckusy. But boys, speaking of beers, Monty especially not not known for enjoying his stouts. How did you how did you get around the you know the local drop Guinness? I'm starting um, to warm to them. The thing with them, you've got to take big gulps. If you sip at them, they taste horrific. Yeah, yeah. Splitting splitting the Guinnesses was a was a great um, way to indulge. Get a get a get a get a big gulp into your first, and then you're underway. But uh, I don't know. Battled through. Haven't ordered one since, but um, tried to order one at, at every clubhouse. They <laughs> they weren't necessarily going down quick at these clubhouses. We were there was some nursing going on. Well, boys, uh, you, so you've you've got your first day off, and as you alluded to, you had a you ripped and teared at Temple Bar. So I imagine the next day, the rest day looked a little bit bleak, and then you headed off to Monty. Where where was next on the agenda? Yeah, we um we we drove we drove about three hours three hours north um, into sort of the the northwestern tip of of Ireland, or the north eastern tip of Ireland, I should say, um, to to County Sligo, Enniscrone area. So we played 
Enniskrone in the afternoon, um, which which is a golf course that um, is probably starting to come on the radar of, of tourists more and more. It's probably not one that would have always been on the radar like some that we've alluded that we will allude to through the course of this podcast but it's it's i think it has the highest you know one of if not the highest set of dunes in in ireland on on the golf courses so it was you know it was a good course amazing dunes amazing views probably the biggest dunes on on the trip um but didn't quite have the wow factor like some of the other golf courses it was it was rugged um yeah, it was a, a really good golf course, but yeah, we'll touch on we'll touch on Khan um, in in a, a moment. It's it's very similar to Khan in that Khan and and Inniskern, uh a big big in dunes, quite rugged, sort of smaller field about the places with some very quirky holes. And if one was was planning a trip and you were a little bit time. Or, or cost constrained, I would definitely say that you know Enniskrone, with with all due respect, is probably in the uh, you, you know not the no need camp, but like if you had to pick one of Khan or Enniskrone, I'd I'd go with Khan. They're quite similar and in a similar location, but yeah, you know, a, a worthwhile course all the same. AC. Yeah, I think. I think I agree that Innescombe was one of the weaker places that we played at, but I still had a, a heck of a time there. The I think to Monty's point, the 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 holes that were outside of the dunes just didn't inspire us that much. Um, the one thing that we aided by is we played with, I think he was about fifteen, um, and it, he was it was his local track and just a great a great kid. He was so mature for his age and just showed us around so well. We had a great time playing with him. Uh, that's that's what was his name? Sort Frankie. Of, Frankie. Frankie. That's yeah. yeah. So that's that's the sort of experiences that you have that you'll remember as well, rather than the course. Um, he was just a. He really took pride in showing us around the place, which was awesome. Um, and one thing I'll never forget is Monty asked him if foxes are dangerous the, the foxes on the golf course are dangerous and he just lost it frankie um he he just thought it was the stupidest question he'd ever heard um and basically told monty let's put it this way it it's more scary you uh so yeah. has um do you do you reckon monty's just watched too much dora the explorer where um <laughs> when he was growing up and and had a bit of head noise about Swiper. Yeah, yeah, many a nightmares about Swiper. Swiper, no swiping is is a common phrase in my head. I want to shout out the par fives there that they had, they had four four of them, but three were epic. Uh, one wasn't great, but I thought they had the stronger set of par fives of any of the courses we played. It, I, they would have matched up with them. Yeah, and what? 12 or 13, maybe this epic downhill par four. Um, you sort of can take the options well over the dunes and try to almost get to the green. We just play around them. Epic, epic golf hole. Yeah, still a lot of really good golf holes. 
AC, what in particular stood out about the par fives? Were they just all different, or was there anything that springs to mind? Well, well, three of them were in the sort of June section of the golf course, which is obviously always going to be more exciting, and just, yeah, big big elevation changes, um, some dog legs. One of them I had a, a pretty good look for an email to, so maybe that tainted my view of the hole, but basically just they just had a whole lot of intrigue about them, um, different sort of shapes to the holes, really. And and a few of them you couldn't hit drive, driver was risky off the tee as well, which is always a bit quirky for a par five. And they were playing in different directions as well. Um, so, you, you know, like the wind doesn't necessarily uh, impact you as much, like which was quite cool. Around kind of this part of Ireland, I, I don't know what the exact kind of, townships called but what is the community and the villages kind of like very like small like it's saying the obvious but they very friendly people island and and it'll be a theme in this pod just accommodating definitely the out of all the places i traveled in europe over that sort of two three month stretch the irish were the friendliest by a mile yeah and uh it does get quite remote like um small town New Zealand but probably 40 years ago you know or something like that like it feels almost backwards in a way like some some of the small towns in Ireland which is quite refreshing actually um like and then the roads you know for those who aren't aware the, the roads in Ireland aren't aren't known to be the easiest for driving and when you get up into the the more remote parts of the country you start driving on what are allegedly double lane roads, but you could barely tri- fit one car, one car through, let alone two. How did the boys go with that? We were fine. Driving in the cities was almost harder. We had some hairy moments in Dublin, <laughs> just early on. Me specifically. I think, I think one stage Monty went down <laughs> down a one way lane, hitting hitting against the grain. Uh, <laughs> they they had so the thing that's a bit unsettling sort of when you're driving there is they have these these sort of um stone walls but they're hard up against the road so you you don't have like wriggle room either either side so it, it feels a lot tighter than it probably is as well um, but i thought the boys did pretty well on the driving front to be honest yeah no no skiers which is a tick yeah. in the box well the car's coming back in one piece so like you could argue it was a fantastic driving display from the lads. Yeah, impeccable. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was your 36 hole day at Ennis Crone, and you, then you headed to County Sligo, or is that, uh, is we, that false mail? We, play, we just played. We played County Sligo the next day. Okay. So, AC, one of your favourites, mate. You, you, the floor yeah. is yours. Yeah, it just stays I, clear. I loved this place. Um, very different style to the other courses we played at. It doesn't really have dunes, um, so the fairways are a lot wider, which I can appreciate. A bit more of a Scottish sort of English type feel, more pop, because there's actually room. So with, what happens in Ireland is there's not, with the big dunes, there's actually not any room to put pop bunkers, so... At Sligo, we got a lot more of that. It was a bit more strategic off the tee, trying to take some bunkers out of play. 
And then around the greens as well, without dunes, they had room for some pretty wicked green complexes. The greens were a little bit bigger, um, had some nice runoffs. I feel like you had a bit more options at Sligo. They The hole didn't dictate how you should play it quite as much as, as the other golf courses in Ireland, I'd say. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. It was in great nick. Um, the, the routing was really interesting. Oh, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of County Sligo. I think out of all of them, if I was a member anywhere, it probably would be there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I've got very little to add to that. Um, cool little town, Sligo, like good place to, good place to stay. Um, quite a cool clubhouse. Um, probably one of the courses we have scoped to sort of play more runs, uh, you know, run, run chit shops, bump and runs around the greens. It's probably one of the tighter courses in terms of lies, like sort of really good nick, um, which which was quite fun. Um, just some nice, you know, ups and downs. Because um, you know, whilst whilst the, the walking through Ireland is quite difficult, like with your dunes, you know, if you were to look at an elevation change over a round, you're probably not looking at massive amounts. For Sligo, you're going up big hills, down big hills, um, which was also quite nice for a change. Um, we had a pretty cool experience, actually, probably on reflection, like um, 13, round, 13 holes in, um, we are thinking we were looking at rain all day, and then it just, the heavens opened up, and we, we, we literally uh, tried to get through it, but had to sprint from the back of the course into the clubhouse, strip down to our undies, basically, sat in the clubhouse for maybe, I don't know, two or three hours in the hope that the rain would clear. And then the, the boys in the clubhouse let us take a cut out for free when the when we got a small break in the weather and and, and shot out for um for our last five or six holes, which was probably the best stretch in aggregate almost on on the golf course. Um uh the logo, the county sligo logo is probably it's probably top two on the trip. So I'd say Waterville and, and Sligo had the best logos. Um, I got a head cover from there. So if, if you don't know where to buy your kit, I'd say Sligo's up there because it's it does have an epic, an epic, an epic, uh, an epic logo, and it's pretty proximate to Enniscrone. So it's probably forty five minutes from Enniscrone. So the scope to do a thirty six hole day, if if that's desired, because outside of that, it's pretty sparse in terms of top tier golf courses. <laughs> They've got a bit of a yarn, I think. Uh, AC, again, the floor is yours. Oh, I think you might be better at telling this one, but... Yeah, we... I'll, have, yeah I'll have a go. I'll have a go. Um, so we, we, didn't, we didn't stay in many B&Bs. We were mainly in our own residences. But, but Sligo, there was a distinct lack of accommodation options because you're in a relatively small town. So we, we stayed in a B&B um, and... Uh, our host, our lovely host, Celine, um, was 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 great. Uh, it was a cold, cold, cold evening. I think AC and I had been out. Oh no, we got home late from Enniscrone, and it was we we thought we were probably the last one, last ones home maybe. So there was there was some opaque instructions with the 
the door opening and closing that we didn't quite get our head around. So I think I think what happened is we got home late, thought we were the last ones home, um, locked the door, maybe on accident, I can't recall, and turns out, you know, we go down for breakfast the next morning and what had been a, a pretty cold and a pretty thundery night in a small town island and AC had managed to lock Celine and her, her darling husband out of, out, of, out of the house for the night. Jesus. <laughs> they didn't, for the life of AC, they didn't have a spare key or, or something, so they they were unable to get into their own home. I think they tried to tried to scale the fence and um, and get into the back door and our, our phones were blowing up the next morning. I think they'd been banging on the door for around three or four hours and I think one of the guests in the other room managed to let them in at maybe three or four, three or four a.m. And probably the best part about it was she comes down and was explaining it to me in the morning like we were so cold, couldn't get in. And I was like, oh, shit, sorry about that. And the AC just like shrugged it off like nothing had happened. For a pretty sympathetic guy, there was there was a distinct lack of lack of sympathy showing for poor Celine. Jeez, was was that a, um, was that? Go on, AC, mate. I need to hear more about this. So I'm 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 one of those people that sweats everything. Like normally in that situation, I'd feel so guilty. I'd be thinking about it for weeks. But I just, I just couldn't wrap my head around how there was no other way you could get into your house, especially when you're hosting like four different bedrooms. I just, I just couldn't get my head around that. I said, "There's got to be a spare key or a way in the back door." Like you guys, surely that's got to be in the models. So I, I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> I don't think I'd really appreciated what we'd done. Uh, yeah, I, I was a bit rattled. It was in the morning. Um, yeah, it was. But yeah, I didn't. I don't think I even used the word sorry, which I don't. And I, I, don't I know. think we were checking out that morning too, which probably helped. Good timing. Was yeah. it a frosty reception over your cornflakes, or? Oh, she made it uh, shit, Ricky. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope she's not. A, I hope she's not a listener. <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt bad. So I gave her five stars. Good on you, mate. Uh, I'm glad you can sleep at night after that. Great memories, and then we uh, then we headed across to to Cairns. So as I mentioned, Sligo is sort of the north eastern corner of of Ireland. We we then traver- traversed essentially across to to Cairns, which was you know sort of in the north western corner of Ireland. Um, between Sligo and Cairns, then it's grown for a bit of context. So it's probably forty five from Sligo to Enniskrain, and then another forty five or or maybe even a bit more onto onto Khan. So Khan, how do you describe Khan? Twenty seven holes of uh, just rugged, uh, rugged, extravagant, uh, chaotic, unique. I don't know. It was uh, probably you know the probably the craziest course I'll I'll play, or at least I've played in my time. Um, yeah, yeah, shaggy condition, which made it just all the better. Like, just we talk about these dunes and these, but this was sort of next level, probably. Like the 
the scale, but also the consistency of it. Like each hole, you you just weaving in between these dunes is probably a, a decent way of describing it. Mm. Um, you you get out to the coast at one point. Um, you know Jerry Maguire, the guy who greeted us at the club, absolute legend, had so much time for us. Like, yeah, I think that the club had has struggled in the past to sort of put itself on the map and has struggled financially. You know, COVID hurt it. Um, they were ramping up the visitor rounds again, but it's still very small in the context of of, of Irish golf. It's you know, quite remote, which makes the experience all the better. Um, he gave us, Jerry gave us a, a great a great term, the lobster pot when describing a pub. Once you get in, you can't get out. Um, in reference to one of the local pubs near there, which which I thought was great, and I've I've started to weave into my vocabulary back home. Um, um, I don't know, AC. You must play all twenty seven holes. The Kilmore Nine, which is which was our last nine holes, was ah just just chaotic. I don't know. As I I was struggling for words, it was cool. It's very hard to describe. I. Th- I think what we'll do is we'll put some stuff on socials and just, I think, a few photos next to June's just to put in perspective how, like, when you're putting on the greens next to them, how tall they actually are when you see a human under it, um, just for that reference. I I think it's, yeah, it's one of those ones where I just don't think you can ever describe it. I don't think a video or photo will ever truly reflect sort of how dramatic it is uh it's it's kind of like playing golf on the moon it well it's it's just mm. so you just feel so you just it just feels like you're actually on a different planet and it sounds really soppy and painful but it's it's true i think one mm-hmm. one memory yeah. i'll have is on the kilmore nine there's this hole that it's probably about 300 up the hill and this hill is steep and it's it's firm and Monty's hit hit his two iron probably two hundred meters two ten and um up the hill and into the middle of the fairway and we're just like oh a nice shot sort of thing and then probably about ten seconds later this thing's rolling back a hundred meters and which is which is unfair but if you if you laugh it off it's just like that hole was just so outrageous I'll never forget that um. I don't I think know I, I think I went hole. from having a I think I remember it would have been about a fifty four into the green and I think I hit six iron. <laughs> if my memory serves me correctly. Like um and, and that hole follows probably like one of the coolest par fives, right? That that one where you like weave you go you go left, then you go right, then you go left basically onto the screen. Um risk a, a really risk reward golf course like you, if you're hitting driver around there again, it's not long. You you could probably make hay, but um, yeah, even more so than some of these other courses, like a big risk reward element. Um, yeah, it was the sight of a club throw. I'm I'm embarrassed by that. Um, on reflection, but it was just the compounding of like early links golf experience where you you sort of nothing quite goes your way. You get these unlucky bounces. You just can't quite hit the golf ball properly and it's just you know all the frustration came out at can for a couple of couple of holes 
I, I think we both made two on this par three afterwards, which was cool. I, I think we did that a couple of times on the trip. Yeah, I distinctively remember Monty and I just making messes of par fives, and they were always after we had something a bit, a couple of big numbers, and you felt like you might be able to get one back, a little wedge in your hand into the par five, and we'd shank one or fat one and make a six, and we we did that all trip really i think it was almost like you put a bit of pressure on yourself when you're on the par fives and that's where that's the frustration monty's alluding to but the kilmore nine i reckon i finished three holes it was um <laughs> the rough was so tough and i i just lost it at that point in the round i was pretty gassed uh it's mm. a tough walk around can so i think if you're playing the kilmore nine you just you do want a, a decent break between your your 18 hole round um, you have to play the kill one yeah, yeah, just you bring it out there yeah. yeah. you're there you, you can't not yeah oh, Khan's been, been high on my agenda for a long time and I really hope I get there and seeing all the footage of you guys playing and obviously the, the no leg up boys went there and kind of I don't, I don't know if this is correct but put them on the map a little bit but yeah. you, you can just tell by all of the things I've seen through you guys and through other stuff, how drastic it really is. And you can just tell, you know, two accomplished podcasters like yourself s- struggling for words to describe this magnificent p- place. I think it's it's just a place, and I haven't yeah. been there, that, that you need to get to. And I can't ran home sort of the whole experience of getting there too. Like it's, it's very remote. It'd hands down be the most remote part of the the country that we were in and you you sort of take this road where you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere and then next minute you're in this golf course at the tip of you know the northwestern tip of Ireland. it's pretty uh pretty epic when in, in combination with the, the 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 grand nature of the golf course anything else they see the one thing we haven't actually talked about yet is just how windy it was at every golf course we played and it, it's Staying the obvious, Lynx golf is always going to be windy. But, you know, we were dealing with three to four club breezes all day, really. Mm. There'd be occasional times where it'd die down, but that was sort of the normal, I'd say. Yeah, and that day was no different. We, awesome, um, after that, that was, sort of, that was our only 36-hole day. Um, so we played 27 at Cannes and then probably drove for a couple of hours and then played... Yeah nine holes and this was heading down to the southwest which is you know we're a pocket of good golfers so then we played a, a country nine holder called Marani which Tom Coyne had recommended from memory through his book as one of his more preferred nine holers in in, uh, in Ireland sort of uh, sheep for context like honesty box green fees uh uh, fences around the greens, sheep roaming around, um, relatively small area of land, crossing over holes almost, and then just sort of quite this stunning little, stunning bay with these massive sort of hills on either side, a very, a very lovely outlook, um, and a, a very flat, flat, pleasant walk. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a, a must-do, but if you're looking for a, a cheap and cheerful fun nine holder um different experience to some of the other ones then you know i'll put it on the list 
Yeah, not, not a lot to add. It was, I think, pleasant's a great way to describe it. It was just a nice evening. The wind had started to die down. The other thing was it's just so flat, which was really nice. It was just a real easy walk. I think I played in runners. Um, and there was a couple of cool little quirks to it. There was a, there was a really cool par three. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I agree in that it's not something you need to worry about, but if, definitely worth kind of calling in if you're passing by and still feel like you're up to playing a bit of golf. And it's probably the most local course that we played. Uh, like, you know, we'd probably been the only tourists through there for, you know, all week at least. Like, there's probably only bloody 50 tourists that play there a year type thing, you know, um, which is quite cool. Like, all the locals were just out there in jandals and walking the dogs and everything. It's quite, yeah, nice, nice contrast. Awesome, boys. We're heading to the kind of the end of, of part one. One thing I just kind of want to circle back on is you talk about the lobster pot being the local around Khan. Did did you guys get yourself stuck in a lobster pot when you were there? Nah, we had to mm-hmm. get moving. So we didn't we didn't go out in Khan. Yeah, probably... the, basically Jerry said to us, there's probably, I'm, I'm speculating here, there's probably about two places you can stay in in Khan. And he asked us if, if we'd stayed and if we'd experienced the pub. And he said, and we said no. And he said, next time you must stay in Cairn and you must go to this establishment. So I think, you know, you, you've got to take his word for it. So if you're up in Cairn, um, we stayed in Sligo, then, then trekked to, to Cairn, spend a night at Cairn and, and uh, experience the, the, uh, the original lobster pot, if you will. Yeah, I think Bell Mullet's the town. Don't mull it, that's it, yeah. Lads, we'll, well, I'm sure you'll find yourself in a lobster point, pot at some point, especially if you, you know, head back that way or maybe on your Scotland trip or, you know, maybe just on Saturday. But, boys, as we wrap up this pod, what are the must-dos of, of part one that we've kind of gone over? Yeah, I think if, if you're being cutthroat and you were, you were cut for time, or, or on a budget, let's say. I think in this in this pocket of golf courses we, we played, I'd say you must play County Sligo. Um, as we alluded to, quite different to what we had, Great Nick. You, you must play Khan and all three nines, as, as we emphasised. And I think you must play the island in, in Dublin. Like, um, so therefore, we've, we've opted to leave out, I guess, the two nine holes of uh, Mulroney, Corbalis, and and Innisgrown, as as we've probably touched on, um, but not that, not that they're, they're they're bad in their own right. But if, if you're really tight for time, you know, I'd go with those. And is there anything that you guys maybe had to cut out when you were doing your itinerary that you'd probably do play, or or is there anything you'd do differently about the start of the trip? We. We would have loved to play Port Marnock. Uh, they they had no bookings available when we would have liked to play, so it just didn't didn't line up. But I think while you're in Dublin, Port Marnock sounds like it's an absolute must, and especially if you just kind of want to do it all while you while you're there, it's it's one that you shouldn't leave out. Um, yeah, the other thing I'll add is I think I think Sligo was probably best course value for money. 
as well. So while yeah. you're there, that's that's definitely another sort of thing I can rap home about Sligo, even though I've already given it a pretty pretty big rap. Um, the other thing I'd say, just generally on the whole, without wanting to toot our own horn, is you know we we were quite diligent in our research heading into the trip, and I think you know as a playbook, uh, generally we you know, we're pretty happy on the large by and large. So like you know, if one's looking to traverse through Ireland, like um, you know we we're pretty content generally. Um, but Port Marnock would be the one in this pocket of the trip that you know we were just unlucky this time around. Mm. Um, but I think probably we, we we should probably post our full itinerary or something, including accommodation afterwards too. It's probably a good thing to do. That's, yeah, I was pretty... so content. We um, nailed it. Boys, I've absolutely loved you running me through the start of your trip. We obviously have talked about it a little bit, but I, I haven't heard all these yarns in depth and, you know, the Celine one definitely st- stands out. I, I don't remember ever hearing that yarn. So that's that's brilliant stuff. And, you know, I think you've provided a great insight to playing some of the golf courses in, in Ireland and, you know, part two, I'm really looking forward to. So thanks guys for tuning in and I really hope you enjoyed the boys' yarns and, as we've said, part two is coming out in the next fortnight. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. We're going to have heaps of stuff on socials, describing the trip, photos, videos. I, I hope there's a club throw yarn in there. But boys, thanks for breaking that down with me at such different times of the day. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm sure the listeners did too. And we'll catch you next time. Animal. 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 Animal.